Deborah, with her 30 years of being an entrepreneur and creating over seven companies, knows exactly what it means to accept the mission. When you make that decision, when you accept the mission to become a solopreneur, to take yourself and your talents to market, then you embrace a life of not only unlimited possibilities, but also the unknown. It's an elixir of fear and bravery that only someone who's taken the leap really understands. On our show, Deb digs deep with her guests to highlight what you, the listener, wants to know. The stories, the whys, and the hows to navigate the journey to success. Get ready to hear from some of the most incredible mission takers from Generation Z to Boomers. So sit up, perk up, and get ready to be blown away. Now here is your host, Deborah Drummond. Welcome back. You guys are in for a real treat today. You're always in for a real treat. And you let me know that. I am so grateful. If you just happened to land on Mission Accepted today and thought, what is this all about? Well, you're going to find out because who we showcase on the show are people that have either decided, been forced to, been talked into, (laughs) it dropped in their lap. Um, It was their last opportunity to kind of take on a mission. So you get to laugh with us and sometimes you're going to laugh at us on what it's like to make that decision to become an entrepreneur. We're super excited. As you know, Mission Accepted, we, we know that entrepreneurs go all the way from Gen Z all the way to Double Boomer, and it is a whole new world out there of people taking on the mission. You're super lucky today because we're going to do, we're going to do like Family Feud. (laughs) We're going to do Family (laughs) Feud version (laughs) of Mission Accepted. You know, there was a time when people did, you know, businesses and families, and it was like, there was a lot of like restaurants did, you know, family business or franchise did family business or For me, the post office down the street, which I'm at all the time, you know, it's a family business. But here's the really cool thing is that there's entrepreneurs that have entrepreneurial children that are not doing the same business. They don't want to work together, (laughs) but they support each other. It is a whole new paradigm. So I'm I'm super excited to be here. Now, if you're listening and not watching, it's going to be confusing for you because we got some people that got the same name in the same family. So you're going to hear George, and then you're here George the third. We're going to have to figure out who George the second is. That's a question that we'll have to ask. What happened to Curious George number two? All right. And then you're going to hear from Ocean as well. And if you've been on the show and you follow the show, that you know that Ocean's the co-host, and he's always popping on when we've got this family feud going on. So let me introduce these people properly because it is a big day. It is a big day for. George, because <laughs> he is actually launching his second book today. So this guy is a serial author at this point. And the last time I had a conversation with George, he was already talking about book number three, or I think I was kind of telling him, I think you've got a third book inside you. He exactly. is well, right? He is well is a podcast host. And I'm going to tell, let him tell you more a little bit about that and why he would call his show self-mastery. Interesting, interesting. And George number three. He also has a podcast. These guys both, everybody that's here today has a love for sport. Mine happens to be ocean swimming. We've got Ocean who's totally into surfing and who is a fitness enthusiast. Um, And then we've got George number one, who spent 15 years being a selected coach for Nike and Adidas in basketball. And then we have the ultimate football. (laughs) We have the ultimate football star here. And that's George number three. He was drafted by the Jacksonville 
or Jacksonville Jaguars in 2003. Mm -hmm. And after playing six good seasons with them, he signed on with the New York Giants. Everybody has gone in their own way and doing their own thing. But it's beautiful to see how business and family can, I don't know, bring you together in a whole different way. It's a different coffee table, right? It's a different different conversation that's happening around the dinner table. It's like, so how was your business today? You want to be on my podcast? Sure, I'll be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll endorse you. Let's endorse you. Hey, let's do a Facebook Live together or like, let's do something on LinkedIn or, you know what, let's do a collaborative project together. It really is a different world. And I'm super excited to have you all here. And everybody's doing just the coolest stuff. But George Sr., George, author whose book is launched today. Let's kind of start with you and uh, share with us what's going on for you today, because this is a big one. Uh, this is a huge day for me. And like you said, it's my second book. Uh, I can't wait to for everyone to get this book in their hands. The Black and White of Baseball, Overcoming Bias in Baseball and Life. And it's really predicated around the sport of baseball, because the, the sport of baseball is it. it coincides with the sport of life and it's all it all evolves around itself so when you get it in your hands it's going to change your life I was reading this last night so I was super fortunate this you know this got couriered to me um very quickly I think within one day and so as I got it last night I was some reading some really incredible things in here and you know what that's why I love how your show is called self-mastery because when I was reading in here particularly the story of your grandson and just kind of how that happened for him and how he had a, let's say, less than displeasing experience on the field, right? Yes. Um, and how he dealt with that and how when he came to you and he was just like, you know, super upset, he was having an emotional experience. And when the words that you shared with him on how he was able to contain himself, that really is the lessons of life that you're just talking about. That self-mastery where sometimes when you're in the moment, or you're having things happen to you. Look, I, I don't really care how old you are. You've had things happen to you. And in that moment, you've had that choice, right? That choice of, am I going to rise to the top? Am I going to contain what's going on? Am I going to find the right place for it with the right people? Because you know what? Having the right people to have those emotions with or those conversations with, that's that safety people. That's that hangout with the top five. That's the having someone who's in it with you. And I think that's one of the great things about, you know, the entrepreneurial family that's starting to really merge is having those conversations. Because, look, we go into the world of entrepreneurship, you know, high level sports. Right. I mean, um, Ocean, his experience is so I, I, didn't, I don't want to feel like I've left him out. Not only is he a fitness enthusiast, but he's a music enthusiast. And this guy is an incredible artist. You know, it started at 10. This guy went and made his first pair of Nikes when he was 16. There he was sewing and has become an incredible fashion designer and is now George just falling right behind you. Within weeks, he'll be launching his streetwear fashion. And so when you're in those moments, it's those moments like that your grandson had that you talk about in this book that really it's those it's those internal moments of self. Right. It's like, how do you master yourself in a crisis? How do you master yourself when you're doing that alone trip? So um, I'd love to talk to uh, George number three. Someone tell us what happened to George number two, please. But um, George, you've done some incredible things. I mean, being, you know, moving even from one, you know, one football team to another football team. You're now, you know, working with people in Harvard in your sport. You've done some great stuff with the military. Um, tell us kind of what it's like. Did you, was your dad, 
an entrepreneur when you decided to break off? Because this is your second career, right? Entrepreneurship. Yes. Master. Tell us a bit about you. Yeah. So um, after my uh, sports career, really, after my uh, career ended, we owned a family bakery. And um, <clears throat> and so I ended up baking on Cupcake Wars, all that stuff. But prior to that, I had owned a clothing store and all that. So entrepreneurship was always preached in the in the, in the house you know, and all those things. And when I finished, I first, my first job was in the sports world, in the sports media world, was at a radio station here in LA, which is weird because nobody gets their first job in LA, but I did. And, um, and so I landed the job and to make it, to make a long story short, they were not considering me at first, but they needed somebody to test with all the legitimate candidates and just kept getting better. And I grew on them like a, like a fungus, I guess, and they couldn't get rid of me. And so, so that's how I got that job. And then from there, people heard me, I got a chance to do TV work from, from a there. And, um, and then there were some changes over at the network that I was at. So I was under contract and I wasn't working and I couldn't work anywhere else. So I'm under contract. They're paying me, couldn't work anywhere else. And then when you're kind of in the media world, if you're not working, it feels like you're kind of gone by. So, and it was frustrating to me. So I said, okay, hold up. I cannot be in a position where I am subject to being hired and fired in a way that, you know, that doesn't make me feel comfortable in a business that's, I mean, it's different if you're an accountant or you're a doctor or you're like, those are more steady careers. And so I wanted to have that flexibility. So, so to be able to still, yeah, like I still work for a network now with Sirius and then with, with Fox, but well, with Fox Sports. But the difference is, is that even if that goes away, like I'm still independent on my own. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so that gives me, and one of the things that, that it's done is I think it's hard for people at times particularly in the media world, when you are beholden to somebody else, beholden to sponsors, beholden to all these people. I mean, granted, everybody is on some on some level, but I know plenty of people who are intimidated or scared to say certain things that they really truly believe because they're like, oh, uh, what if the bosses don't like it? I might get fired. Or what if the fans don't react properly and that's always something that i've always been committed to is like being as honest as possible on my on, on my show that way people are just allows people to connect with you in a different way so it took me a while to find my voice <laughs> because you think what oh this is what somebody on the radio is supposed to sound like and if it's not you it's not you so for me just being able to have that freedom to speak my to speak my mind speak my truth without that fear is the reason why i called my website the unafraid show was because nobody like there's no fear here like we we come from things from a place of love and and all of that but that doesn't but love is not all it doesn't always show up as as a as a, a hug sometimes <laughs> love is saying hey yo you are messing up right now this is the wrong thing so yeah. Well, and you know what? That sounds that sounds like something that someone could learn in a house. I don't know what house you had, but you know, sometimes <laughs> my my kids have been like, mm, you know, you're kind of ripping the band-aid off a little a little quick. But I was gonna I was gonna ask you where did that unafraid show name come from? And I think it's I love your angle on that in the sense that 
there's this whole authenticity wave. We're all hearing the wave of authenticity, you know, be yourself, but you're very accurate in saying that when you have sponsors or you have, you've set a precedence of who you are, sometimes it's very difficult when something's going on. I talk about this, like the transparency of what it's like to be an entrepreneur or to be a parent or to be successful. And a lot of times, the more you are seen in the media and or the you go up that success letter, it gets more difficult to be real because well, you think that you're you, it's going to cost you. Yeah. And I think that that's why it's important to be real from the beginning, mm. because if people understand who you are and they understand some of your shortcomings, then there's not that expectation for perfection. Because if you set your, if you brand yourself as, as perfect, I don't mess up and I'm always doing the right thing. Then people are going to hold you accountable for that. And they see anything <laughs> other than that, they gonna be like, you liar, you hypocrite. But if you paint yourself as, listen, listen, I try to do the best I can. I'm imperfect. Sometimes I screw up and I'll tell you about some of my screw ups. Then if you do screw up and, and mind you, there are some things that you cannot do no matter what. But <laughs> as long as they understand that you are an imperfect person and this is who I who I truly am, then if you do have if you do run a foul or you do have something that, you know, a small screw up or something, they'll be like, ah, it's OK. We love him anyway, still. Yeah. Or does that mean I can ask you about a couple of your screw ups? <laughs> oh, this is when I said family feud, I wasn't kidding. I'm like, I'm loving the direction of this show, you guys. And uh, by the way, Ocean, don't you say a word, honey. No, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so Ocean, I'm going to ask you. Um, so you are a fashion designer. Um, each designer has its own, you know, has their own way of thinking. Um, I've been able to observe. Um, the process you've gone through to find the right the right materials that you want to put your artwork on. Um, and I know that um, I was watching the interview that you did with uh, Christ Christine Blanchett on her TV show, and you were talking about one of the things that kept you going this whole time. And uh, you were relating it to sports. I think it was something around dedication. Maybe share a little bit about what it's been like to stay true to yourself, even though the clock's been ticking and building this business. Yeah, it's definitely been a ride. It's definitely been like a journey to get to the point where I am right now. But yeah, I was saying it's just about dedication, really, even if you don't feel like doing it today, or if you don't feel like not motivated to create or keep going it's just about even putting something little in to keep going it's just the the mindset that you just determined to keep on going no matter how long it has to take yeah well you know oceans um in him finding the right material and i think that that's one of the things him being a fitness enthusiast that i was picking up from the from the interview was when she said, oh, it's like you, you're really motivating for, you know, young people. I mean, Ocean's <clears throat> just hit 19 and he decided to, to build this business at 15. And it sounds like you guys have had some of the same dinner table conversations. And but it's taken a while for him to find the right fabric and that kind of thing. And she was saying, well, you're really, you know, where do you draw your motivation? And, and then the comment was about it really is more like sport. It's more like dedication instead of motivation. So George, share with us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you are, you're a coach, 
you obviously inspire others to be dedicated or motivated. You've obviously um, <clears throat> done some entrepreneurial parenting. Uh, tell us about for yourself, you know, what's it been like? Well, for me, it's, you know, the journey has been, it's been, a, 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 I feel like a roller coaster ride. Right now, I'm a number one best selling author with one of the most historical highlighted books in the sport of baseball. I, like you said, I worked for Nike. I was a Nike and Adidas coach for over 15 years. I actually was selected to travel to Asia to work with the Chinese women and men's basketball team. I'm a parent, co-parent instructor in the city of Los Angeles. I'm recognized by the city of Los Angeles, Los Angeles as a cultural broker and a father strong advocate to help families navigate and bring positive outcome and reunite families. My speaking career includes inspiring and motivating youth through accredited organizations. I've been selected as a speaker to inspire interpersonal growth and inspire children, you know, all over the world. I'm a highly recognized facilitator, you know, in, in high level programs, sports programs. I'm a proud father, you know, NFL guy who uh, has, has accomplished a lot in his career and he's made the family proud and all his choices in life and what he's doing. And, you know, I'm, I, but I see myself as the average Joe. You know, I'm just the guy that just wanted to, that had a dream, that decided to compartmentalize my thoughts and what I wanted to accomplish, and then found a direction for that. And that's how I started my self-mastery principles that I embark upon now and I try to share with people when I get an opportunity to. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask everybody, because, you know, all of us are doing some pretty cool stuff. And we know the journey. Um, it's the show's called Mission Accepted. And the reason why there's the word accepted is because that's when it starts. I mean, there's that process beforehand. Should I be an entrepreneur? What do I know? I'm going to do a second career. Um, am I going to go this direction? I'm going to go this direction. But when you say yes, which might feel like the hardest piece, it's really not. It's staying on the mission. Yes. So particularly when you're outpouring, like, you know, you're, you're outpouring, right? We're outpouring. We're on shows, media. You talk about it. What do you do? Like, what do you do for your own internal clock? How do you how do you keep on point for yourself? Like, where's that internal happiness factor? Where do you go to get filled up? Well, for me, yeah. I mean, I keep a journal and I call it my gratitude journal. But in a certain sense, it's a spiritual journal for me as well. Because every day, well, pretty much every day. But for at least one and a half years straight, without fail, without miss, I wrote down everything I was grateful for in that moment every morning. But it ended up being almost like a spiritual journey because I was able to track and keep account of all the things that I was believing for. If I wanted a house, if I was for this book, for, uh, you know, for, for just different things that were transpiring in my life, and I was able to go back and check off each one of those things that had come into fruition in my life that year. And it really sparked on something that, that it sparked on something that I, I do now today. Awesome. And George, number three, yep. you, you have, you know, I don't know how old you are because everybody just looks fantastic. <laughs> For some people, they're like, their wildest dreams, you've already lived them. You know, their wildest dream is they wake up and they're like, man, what it would take to like play in the NFL. That That's my wildest dream. You've had a, a great career thus far. How have you managed that? 
Um, what was it like to go from one to another? I think that sometimes is very difficult to go from something you love to something you love. Well, so tell us a little bit about you. How, how do you keep yourself? Well, now, now it's easy. I'm 42 now. It's, it's, it's a lot easier. But when I finished playing when I was 30 years old, I mean, it's tough because there's always a transition and sometimes people don't always recognize that it's not about how much money you make. It's not about how much success that you have, any of that. Whenever you finish playing football in particular, it, it it's it's not like like there's no transition period. There's no there's no. Oh, we kind of, you know, where if you're a lawyer, you may be working every day and then you're like, ah, I'll like I'll contract with some people like you kind of like taper it down until you're like, I don't want to do this no more. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're either in the club or you're not in the club. So you either can get in the building or you can't get in the building. There's no in between. And so something that you've been doing for, you know, so long in your life, decade more, in most cases, more than half your life, then all of a sudden one day it's gone. And then the majority of time for the majority of people, you played your last game before you knew you played your last game. <laughs> so whether it's, I mean, if you have a significant injury, then you know that it's over, but you played that game and you had no idea to like grieve it and be like, Oh, let me soak this all in and all that, that, that this will be over in three weeks, you know? So like, so it's a mental adjustment. It takes a while. And and at that point in time, I didn't really understand how important it was to have things outside of football. Mm. Like my my entire identity wasn't wrapped up in being a football player, even though a lot of people's is. It I just didn't have an a, a straight path plan, if that makes sense, because your entire life has been planned for you. So you go to so when you're from kindergarten to twelfth grade. Somebody else makes your entire schedule for you and your life is planned for you from from K to 12. And then if you play sports, the coach plans your schedule Then you go to college, you get a little more freedom. But the football, if you go there to go play football, the coach and your football schedule drives your school schedule and mm -hmm. the school determines when you can go to school. So now, even though you have more freedom, more choices, it's still decided for you. When you go to the NFL, you have more free time in the offseason, but you know what, whatever the arbitrary date is, April 17th, I got to be back in Jacksonville. And then in July 18th, training camp starts. I can't go nowhere. So, <laughs> so your whole life is planned for you. And then one day they just show up and they're like, hey, hey, uh, you know what you have to do today? Fill it in, all right? <laughs> you know, and there's just so much that you could possibly do. So to have something that you enjoy doing, because you may not know what you want to do fully after, but just explore whether it's your, your hobbies or anything else, because I, I, I tell my kids this where when they're like, because people have these because the world has changed a lot. So they had these ideas. Oh, I got to go to be a doctor. got to be a lawyer. got to be an engineer. got to go I'm like do whatever it is, whatever you like, whether it's building robots, trying to be a doctor, staying in sports, whatever it is, find something that you like to do and then spend time doing it. 
And if you become an expert in it, no matter what it is, if it's building Legos or, you know, whatever it is, you can monetize that if you become an expert in it. So that's what I tell the kids all the time is just become an expert at something, <laughs> expert at something, and you will be able to monetize it. Absolutely. It is a whole different. Thank you for sharing that, because when you gave that um, description of you were in the building one day and not getting in the building the next day. Right. And no. um, <clears throat> I have friends that have experience in dance and dance is very much the same day. There's a day in ballet where it's over. You know, it's yep. over. You're not the new crew has come on the dance floor and um, it's time to move. And it happens very quickly for people. Um, and I think that it's really true. Becoming an expert, it is the world is vast. You got to wonder, there's so many options now on what people can do. And that that parenting conversation that happens around lockdown. I remember a good friend of mine when my daughter was <clears throat> going through some differences in school. And he's like, find the gift and double down. Don't focus on what's not working. Don't mm -hmm. focus on what's not right. Just find the gift and double down. So Ocean, how about for you? I mean, you're building your first business. You've fallen in love. You were AKA sneakerhead before I ever knew what that was at 12 years old. I'm like, I'm getting dragged to sneaker conventions going, where, where am I going? Um, what do you do to keep yourself motivated? What do you do to keep yourself on path? Because honestly, as a teenager, one of the things that I always say, it's very interesting that you've got this whole new movement of entrepreneurs coming up. But I mean, do you guys remember what it was like to be a teenager? Right. I mean, sometimes it's hard to stay locked down. There's a there's a lot of things going on. There's like, you know, other people that look really good. There's lots of stuff going on. There's movies. Friends are going out. Friends are going to parties, that kind of thing. And it's it's hard, I think, to stay locked down. So what do you do to stay focused in your in your business? Well, you kind of see fashion everywhere anyways. Well, at least for me, I usually see it like on the street or I see it on my phone. But something that keeps me in mind is when I was wearing one of my samples and I went to the gym and somebody I talked to said like, oh, I really like your hoodie. Like, where'd you get that from? And it was me saying, oh, this is mine. Like, I made this. It just keeps that in mind. And it's like so cool to like wear something that's yours. So I always keep that in mind like, once we start selling it and stuff, seeing people wearing it, I always imagine like, like they don't know I made that, but they're wearing my stuff. Like, it's just, I just like thinking about that and it keeps me on track and it just keeps me going and even like making something on my iPad, like drawing, like I'm thinking like, how can I put this in clothing wise? Like what material would I even use for this? It's just stuff, like little things like that, that just, it's always in my mind. It's like, it's just running over and over again in my head. So it keeps me motivated and it keeps me thinking like, what's the next step to continue my dream? Wow. I guess it's keeping your eyes on the prize. Hey, keeping That's your it. eyes yeah. on your prize. Wow. So <clears throat> George, number three, um, you are doing some things other than your unafraid show you're hosting and co-hosting, maybe share a little bit about that. And what is it that's going on in Harvard? You're doing some things with Harvard. Yeah. So now, um, so I have my own solo show on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio, um, channel 82, which is on uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific right now. And so there's so there's that. But then outside of that, so I belong to the uh, football players health study I'm, uh, on uh, I'm a board member there. 
where uh, we study football players <laughs> and they're um, so we have a bunch of smart scientists and doctors and everybody over it over at Harvard. And, you know, our job is to get more engagement and really understand the information and digest the information and really get people to participate in it, because the whole point is to understand things that happen to people after right because one of the big things that you buzzwords that you hear out in the media all the time is cte 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 right as like yes cte is real however when people have behaviors that seem out of whack or or you know whether it makes the news or it's just in their families and stuff like that a lot of times people say oh it's it's cte i mean could it could it be sometimes sure right but it's not as prevalent necessarily as as the media would necessarily make it seem because one of the things that leads to behavioral changes and stuff like that is lack of sleep and pain. So if you aren't getting proper sleep, that affects your mood. It affects how you feel. It affects your behavior and then living in pain. So it's, so it's like living in pain from playing football can lead to lack of sleep. And also like how all of these things play into each other and how, um, it, and how some things are either correlation or causation. So if you've had a previous ACL surgery, right, mm -hmm. you are at a higher risk for a heart attack, but is that correlation or is that causation? Right. B because, because you would initially think, okay, that could be causation because there's clearly a link there. Well, the other thing is, if you've had an ACL, sometimes people are are heavier, they can be overweight, they don't work out as much, which leads to a predisposition to like a heart issue or something like that. So just kind of understanding those things and really figuring out what the actual causes are of issues to help people to be able to live, live longer, uh, former players, whether they're NFL players, or high school, college players to be able to live longer, live um, more comfortable lives. And, you know, the way you can go out there and do dope stuff out in out in the world and football wasn't the best thing that ever happened to you. Right. Wow. That's really cool. George, why don't you talk about what it's like to be an entrepreneurial dad? Do you know what I mean? Like when, like when did you get the entrepreneurial bug? Were you raised with it? Like it was it a philosophy? I didn't even know you guys had a bakery. Oh my gosh, Cupcake Wars! I'm I'm a foodie. I think I started watching the Food Channel before they had one, right? I'm like I'm like bam with you know Emerald, right? I you know, hey. I get embarrassed, hey. you know, ocean. You know, <laughs> cracking eggs at two years old in the sink, making you know making food. But um, going back to like, were you raised with entrepreneurial mind? Like, when did it come in for you? Well, no, it was, you know, my mother and father were both working class people, blue collar people. My mother was a nurse. My father was a truck driver. And I started getting the entrepreneur spirit, you know, right after I got out of high school. You know, you sold little products, little trinkets, some candy here, some candy there. And then eventually, you know, I knew I wanted to do more than just go to work for someone. You know, I worked for FedEx for 15 years and Fred Smith and that organization really gave me a drive to start reaching out and being innovative and started thinking about different possibilities. And then we got in, so we got into our bakery, which turned out to be a tremendous blessing. Uh, you know, George and my daughter went on Cupcake Wars and it was a war at the bakery and on Cupcake Wars. <laughs> so, 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 so we got through that show, which turned out to be phenomenal. It was a great uh, 
Avenue Force of Breakthrough, some other things. We actually did Oprah's birthday party. He and my daughter went and, you know, did cupcakes for her. And we did some stuff at the Grammys. And, I mean, we ended up being a really big, uh, well-known bakery. And uh, had some things that transpired in the family that, you know, led all of us on different directions. And we decided to kind of put the bakery on hold for a minute. We still have all of our secret sauce, secret recipes and things like that. that oh. One day we might, yeah, we might push back out there. Yeah, yeah, you, you like that part. So, but and then it just kind of transpired from there. So the kids always got a chance to see me and my wife trying different things. And so I think that deep down inside, it kind of embedded some things in them that um, pushed them to that same spirit, you know. And, you know, some things that George won't talk about right now, but I'm going to give him a little couple of kudos. Since I got a kid, I'm gonna give him a couple of kudos. And this also, I wanna inspire Ocean and every other young person that gets a chance to listen to this show or parent that hears it. What you don't know and what you don't hear, George had a speech impediment when he was younger. All the way through high school, he stuttered really bad. And so my wife would always say, slow down, George, slow down, take your time. And he overcame that, you know, throughout his years in college and just really just. And now he's on TV, he's on shows and he's speaking and who would have thought? I know sometimes in his own mind, he has to say, he won't give himself credit in some instances, but to do what he's done, to be, you know, have to deal with that stigma and going on, you know, through that whole course of things and just trying to figure it all out and accomplish, no one would ever know it unless he, he spoke on it, you know? And his ability, like I talked about, compartmentalizing things. I told him this once, I've never seen anybody that can get focused like he can. No matter what he's going through, he's able to put it aside, deal with this issue, and then I'll come back to that when it's available. And he's always made time for his family, always. He got a lot of kids though, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cupcakes. You know what, um, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, George, because you know what, sometimes, and uh, and I know, um, parents, what are the, one of the things that we're just, we're, you know, we're awful at George, like we just double down and we embarrass them on camera yeah. and, you know, Ocean's like, mom, stop. And I'm like, no, I'm so proud of you. Look, he's doing it right now. Right. It's like, you know, you're going to hate me in the moment and you're going to love me later, maybe, yeah. but I'm your mom and I'm your dad. So you can't, you know, you can't not show up at Christmas time. So, um, and I think that, it is inspiring and it is motivating, I think, um, being able to share those kind of aspects of yourself. And, you know, George Third, you talked about that earlier about, you know, when you're ready and sharing and being transparent and being real. I think that's the biggest thing that's inspiring people these days. I think it's just about being you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where my dad has inspired me, too, with the author with writing a book. So I'm actually writing a book right now, too. It's called Stutterbox. It's about, so that's the name that people called me when I was young. And wow. so it was stuff that was, and to, I, I mean, because I didn't want to take too much time up on your show. Anymore. No, no, no. You, you know <laughs> what? Let's, hey, this is, this, was, this, is, this is family feud versus yeah, the family love. Like, let's just do it. For me, it was, it was hard because I knew what I wanted to do. Like, I remember when I was in sixth grade, had a teacher. She said, what do you want to do? Uh, she asked everybody, what did they want to be when they grew up? Said I want to be a professional athlete, then I want to go into business and then be in the entertainment. And she said, 
George, do you know what the chances of you being a professional athlete are? I was like, yeah, sure. Less than one in a million. And she said, so don't you think you need to think of something else? I was like, nope. And when I got in the NFL, uh, she sent me a note on Facebook uh, a couple years in. And she was like, I'm so sorry that I tried to, you know, poo-poo your dream and you knew what you wanted. And she was like, that changed my life. Like even just seeing you play in college, it changed how I related to students and all of that. And so I remember when I wanted to be in media and everything, I was still having trouble with my speech impediment, all this stuff. I stuttered super bad. And I remember being frustrated because I said, okay, if God put this on my heart, how <laughs> like to do this, why is this not happening? Like, how come I can't do it? So prayed about it, did a lot of work with it. And now here we are. Most times people don't even know like, if they do, but I, I talk about it sometimes, but I've been really waiting to roll out the book. So, and I'm hoping that really that it can inspire some people who are, regardless of whatever you think your limiting belief is or whatever your obstacle to overcome is that if that's truly because sometimes we have desires that are not actually, you know, what our calling is or what we're supposed to do and what's really in our heart. Sometimes we want things, you know, you can want to be a singer, but if you don't have the pipes or nothing, then you can do about it. So, but maybe you are supposed to be in music. Maybe you're supposed to be a producer. Maybe you're supposed to be a writer. So you have to figure out what that is, but that no matter whatever, is obstacle is in your way so i'm hoping that it does inspire people that they can say oh, wait hold up if he can overcome this and do this how come i can't get over whatever this thing is that's in the that feels like it's standing in my way absolutely and you know it's interesting there's what people see and what we know two different things so a lot of times people are like oh how do you, how are you so good on camera well you know there's things called speech coaches there's yep. things called you know people that will help train you a lot of reps is what it is. Yeah, yeah, right. A lot of practice, a lot of, a lot of blowing it off. Right. But uh, what people don't see, right. What people don't see is the work behind the work. And I think that's what kind of stops people when they get to a certain point or they start going forward, like you said, and it's like, this is difficult. I'm running against a block. I'm running against a block. I'm running against a block. You know, if this is what was put on my heart, if this is what's inspired, it's like ocean said, like it's in there. He looks at, he's like, you know, I see him. He looks at people walking down the street differently than I do. I'm like, that guy's cool. He's like, are you kidding? He's got easies on. You know what I mean? Like he just nails out his stuff. He just knows his fashion and he gets inspired in a different way. But at a certain point, you come up against yourself. Like at a certain point, you can come up against yourself. And there is a plethora of people that are willing and have skills that you don't have that one, you can tap into or two, can teach you what you need to know. I think that resilience and perseverance you know, guts and glory um, are all part of being a successful well, entrepreneur. Everybody thinks that everybody who is successful or has success or whatever is some genius or that's not 99% of the time. That's not true. The difference is when you listen to a lot of very successful people talk, they say the difference between them and everybody else is that they just don't quit, you know, yeah. that they and that when they do run up in an obstacle, they stop, reassess and say, OK, which part of this work, which part of it didn't? Let's put together another plan. I'm not quitting, <laughs> but we may reformulate the plan, but we're not quitting. 
And because you never know, it's like that meme where somebody is digging uh, into the wall and like there are two people that are digging into the wall. One guy, he quits and he turns around and he's so close to a breakthrough, but maybe he's been digging for a day or two days or five days or a year, two years, five years. Like it doesn't happen on everybody else's time. So you got to be willing to put in the work. And if you want something great, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, like people think that Facebook, you know, that Mark Zuckerberg, that that blew up overnight, like it blew up. But think about how many times that they were sitting in the dorm room. People said, this is a stupid idea. How many uh, times that even when people gave them money to like the, the VCs that then they wanted to change the idea or they ran up into other obstacles. They, you know, they're running out of money. People are quitting all this stuff. And, and people only see the finish. I like, Oh, that came overnight. No, it didn't happen overnight. It was a lot of blood, sweat and tears that went into that. Absolutely. Um, so I know that we're going to kind of come to a close and I, I'm not going to press anymore about the book, but you're definitely going to come back. And I definitely want to, to, um, have you on the day that you launch as well. How, how incredible would that be? You know, father and son, um, yep. so ocean, we're kind of wrapping up. Um, is there anything that you want to tell us? I know that you've got a launch coming up, maybe share with us, um, the name of your company, how that came to you, because, you know, you went through a whole name change like at the drop of the dime. And I know that, you know, your parent wasn't so excited about that. I was like, we're two years yeah. in, we're changing the name. And, you know, I call them entrepreneurial plot twists, entrepreneurial <laughs> plot twists. You didn't see it coming, you're watching the movie. So tell us the name of your company and what that means for you. Uh, well, the name is Natsukashi. It, 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 it's like a Japanese word, but it means like nostalgic and good feeling. And I like the meaning behind it, and I heard it somewhere, and I thought, I really like that. And it kind of stuck with me for a while. And then, yeah, I asked the mom if we could change it, and she wasn't, like, too keen on it, but I got her around. And uh, so we had a whole bunch of other names, because she was like, okay, if we're going to change it, let's just see if you like any others. So the whole, like, living room was laid down with names, and, like, day by day, we slowly took, like, two away one away and we eventually got down to two and so i ended up choosing not to cash and i really it really stuck so i definitely i'm not going to change any now for sure it's definitely sent stone but yeah it was a it was an interesting progress and mom did not probably like it but i think it turned out better yeah yeah so it was like one of those things like we're two years in marketing we're two years in branding i mean george can you relate we're like we're in it and I've been promoting him and I've been, you know, proud mama and on him. And I'm like, Oh, my son's launching a company and it's called this and it's called that. And then one day he's like, I don't want like the video now. Like, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. We got two years of branding that's going on. I actually got a hat with your name on it. What are you talking about, dude? And he's like, I don't like how it sounds. I'm like, get over it. <laughs> and then, and then he was like, you know, when you explain that Natsukashi means good feelings and good memories, and that's what he wants people to to have when he wears his clothes, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, mom, suck it up, put the parent on the back burner, and let's go with this, and here we are. Okay, um, and so, George, please share with us, I know you've got a book launch right now, but what's up and coming for you and your business? Well, I got my podcast that I've been working on developing for the last uh, year and a half, two years, just waiting to formulate the right 
plan for it and how I wanted to push it out and, you know, dealing with the uh, self-mastery of, of uh, principles that I'm going to be dealing with on the show and, you know, just engaging with people, teaching them how to, you know, come within themselves, hear, hear what's going on within themselves and act on that in spite of what's going on around them. So I'm excited about the new podcast coming up really soon. I'm excited about the book coming out. Uh, this, this has been a great day. And I get to talk Yeah, that's good. This guy hit number one. So <laughs> I'm like, you keep floating. And George, you want to wrap us up um, and, and on, you know, share with us what you got going on and then where people can find you. Look, you guys, you know that we down, you know, this is all going to be in the show notes. It's all going to be on the website. It's all going to be on the media, Facebook pages, LinkedIn and all that good stuff. You're, you're going to be able to reach out to these people and have a longer conversation. But George, tell us what you'd like to share with us, what you got going on right now and what's coming up in the pipeline. We know you've got a book coming out and how can we reach you? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm easy to find on on social media, uh, just at George Reister, wherever it is, W-R-I-G-H-S-T-E-R. Um, obviously, you, you guys can join me on my serious show on Mad Dog Sports Radio channel 82 7 to 10 pacific but it's national so you guys can hear it anywhere and you guys can uh catch my digital content on youtube facebook well not really on facebook as much but uh youtube uh instagram everywhere else awesome awesome all right and so look you guys <clears throat> you're the most amazing audience you know that you're the most entrepreneurial audience. You're the most dedicated audience. I love how we interact and you reach out to me. You guys know what's going on with Mission Accepted right now. we got two major projects going on. you got me and Corrine walking eight marathons in eight days across Ireland to raise money for the music community globally. Alicia Keys with, you know, she is the music organization and Unison that supports musicians discreetly that need support. And you guys know we all listen to music, whether it's sport, entrepreneurship, inspiration, motivation, and 90% of musicians cannot pay their rent. So we're going to hoof ourselves across the country. I haven't done a marathon in 18 years, so this should be fun. You're going to have a good time watching. And I can tell you at the end of every marathon, we're going to be in Ireland. Yes, we're definitely going to have a little shot of whiskey. Okay, so if you <laughs> want to participate in that and you want to play in that, just go to theydidatour.ca. And we've got incredible platforms, free platforms for anyone in the community to go and play and support. The other one is the largest international Women's Day speakership and authorship that's ever been put together. Who would do these projects at the same time? God have mercy. This is called Mission Accepted. And if you are a, someone who knows a woman that needs to be on stage speaking and or in a book that's going to be heavily out there in the world, it's NBC and CBS and ABC and Apple and Amazon and all that groovy stuff, just go to DebDrummond.com reach out to us all the events are there it's 375 women that are full of gumption it's kind of cool it's kind of cool you know where you thank you for being our family feud show today and uh, you will be able to see this on mission accepted on our platform and everywhere that we party so you guys until we see you again in probably a couple of days you be well and you stay groovy thanks for joining me guys Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.